The Great Big Beautiful Podcast is brought to you by Board Game Bento. Head to BoardGameBento.com. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. And before we start this week's roundtable episode, I just wanted to talk to you about BoardGameBento.com. Now, there's a lot of subscription boxes out there, and we've talked about a few of them in the past. And one of our favorites is BoardGameBento.com. And on this website, you can sign up for a monthly subscription box that sends you a surprise selection of fantastic tabletop games every single month and it has at least $80 worth of board games and accessories in every single box mailed to you every month. If you want to check out the type of uh, board games they have sent in the past, you can go on their website and they have a theme every single month. This month's theme is party. Party! Who doesn't like a party? So you have two different plans you can choose from. You can do the one month plan for $50 a month plus shipping and handling, or you can sign up for six month plan and you pay for it all at once. So it works out to $45 a month plus shipping and handling. And that's for six months. You save 10% by doing it that way. But if you're a listener of the Great Big Beautiful podcast and a fan of geekdad.com, you can sign up with a special code geekdad to receive a little bit off that price. So go to BoardGameBento.com and support them because they support us. And now we have another roundtable episode, and this time we are Jamie-less. We're Jamie-less. We don't have him with us. <laughs> but that's okay because we're going to have fun without him. I think we're going to have more fun than if you were here, actually. <laughs> so I'm here with Jonathan Liu and Will James from Geek Dad. And maybe you guys could tell us a little bit about yourselves. And I know Will has been on the podcast before. Jonathan, have we had you on before? Uh, no, not yet. Perfect. So you're going to learn more about them. Jonathan, why don't you go ahead first, just tell them a little bit about you, where they can find you on social. Okay. Uh, I'm Jonathan Liu. Um, I've been writing for Geek Dad for, uh, ooh, I think about seven years now. And uh, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I've got uh, three daughters. Um, and uh, I just, I really enjoy the new Voltron series. I was a fan of the old one, and I'm really excited about the new one. So um, Perfect. That's me. Fantastic. And Will. And I'm Will. I'm also a writer over at Geek Dad. And I am the dad of two kids. One is a fresh, brand new baby girl. Um, and uh, in addition to writing for Geek Dad, I also have my own podcast with my three-year-old son, uh, Sunday Evening with Captain Owen, where we talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I was a fan of Ultron growing up. I have somewhere I, I can show you guys later uh the 20th anniversary one from toynami that's like a foot and a half tall and fully articulated um and so far i've watched the premiere episode of voltron uh, and we really loved it can't wait to watch the rest of the family perfect and just so you know will's will's brand new baby girl is probably going to make a few special appearances and that's great because we're a geek dad podcast so why not right <laughs> So I was t I was telling the guys before we came on I didn't really know Voltron growing up and I actually I, I I guess I should be ashamed to admit this I didn't know what it was until Netflix announced it was coming like I was just like Voltron what's that everyone's going crazy so for those that don't know maybe one of you guys can you give us a little backstory what is Voltron what's what is it <laughs> go ahead Jonathan since All you right. actually got to go and, and okay DreamWorks and everything yeah I I did get a, a trip to uh, uh, DreamWorks um, last month to go and see you know, get a sneak peek at at the new series uh, before that happened. Um, 
but uh, yeah, Voltron, um, it's a, an old cartoon. Um, in the eighties, it was, it was, you know, imported from Japan and, uh, it's about this giant robot that is made up of five robot lions. So there's pilots inside these, uh, in these lion robots, and then they form together into one giant robot and they fight, you know, monsters. They fight this evil bad guy named Zarkon who's trying to take over the universe. Um, and so that's the, the original, um, there were, you know, tons of toys. There were actually a couple other Voltron series uh, besides the lion ones, but, um, uh, the new, the new one is kind of a reboot. They've, um, you know, preserved a lot of the, the old stuff in there. They have a lot of similar characters, but they've tweaked it a little bit. It's not exactly the same. And something Netflix has been doing is taking these old series, whether it be animation or live action, and they're rebooting. And at first, you know, what was the fan? Do you know, guys, know what the fans' reaction was at first? Were they really excited about it, or were they kind of on the fence? Well, you know, will they do this right? <laughs> you know, uh, when I first heard that they were they were going to be rebooting Voltron, I I was like, okay, I'm really excited to see something, you know see mm -hmm. something new um but i was also worried i've seen i haven't i didn't watch the uh i think 2010 2011 series called voltron force uh, but i've seen clips of it and screenshots and it it doesn't look right to me um you know I think <laughs> part of it is the i think the state of the technology at the time um right. uh, but some of it is just you know it's like oh that's not the voltron i i remember right um and this one was you know it's it's headed up by the people who did um Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra, and, and, you know, I'd heard a lot of people say, like, we're just huge fans of those shows. I feel like they're going to do a good job with with Voltron. So um, and I, I agree. I think they've, from what I've seen so far, I think they've done an excellent job. Okay. And, Will, what, what did you have any first thoughts about it when you first heard about it? I was I was skeptical because yeah they did the reboot with the mm -hmm. Voltron Force and it just was not that great and then but but knowing that um, it was like Jonathan said everyone always raves about Avatar and Korra knowing that they were they were heading it up and then on top of that DreamWorks being behind it and you know they've they've done lots of other really good stuff that our family loves so I was cautiously optimistic I'll say going into right. it so. Um, We've had a few, like it's been out now for a week as of we're taping right now. It's been out for almost a week. It came out last Friday, I think. Um, and what do you guys think? Have you watched it? You've watched a few episodes you were saying, or you watched an episode. What What do you think so far? So uh, we've, we've only watched the premiere, um, mm -hmm. the premiere episode, the hour-long premiere. And it definitely hit all the right buttons for me. I mean, there were a couple of times where like, I looked down, like my, the hair on my arms was standing up, I had chills because it was so good. Um, it definitely, it, it, it is the updated look and feel that you would expect, you know, the technology like Jonathan mentioned is, is where it needs to be to get that the right look. And it balances a good nostalgic look and feel that, you know, I think appeals to, will appeal to older fans mm -hmm. that are fans of the old show. But it's all you know, modern, modern look and feel, and they they did a lot of nice nods to the old show, like the mice are in there still. Um, I was worried that they weren't going to be. <laughs> talking about, um, and they also did a lot of. You can tell the history they're coming from, and that they respect the history because there's lots of there's some nods to some other shows too. Like one of my favorite things I noticed in the premiere was there were a couple of just background characters that looked very much like characters from Macross or Robotech, like. Obviously, like that's where they were from, but they didn't, you know, they're just background characters walking by. 
but that was really nice as a fan of old anime and stuff to see that and know that the the people making this show aren't mm-hmm. just you know they know they know where they come from and 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 who the fans are that's that's a pretty cool because that when you see that as a fan you know that's in there for you right like mm-hmm. new, new fans to this or kids they're not going to know <laughs> things in the background walking by but that's that's pretty cool like you said it shows that they respect where they came from and their fans themselves obviously for putting it in yeah and, definitely. and how about you jonathan what do you think of the first few episodes uh I'm, I'm loving it uh so we're we're about six or seven episodes in so you know more than halfway through and uh I, i've been watching um with our whole family and it's it's been a lot of fun to introduce my kids to voltron and just to watch you know, this this new plot line right to see where it goes right. i'm excited to see like what's going to happen um i i do think you know one of the things is like if you actually go back and watch the original voltron cartoon as an adult it's it's kind of disappointing right you, you watch <laughs> it you're like you know you're like oh the like the dialogue is really lame and the, you know the plot line is pretty thin and you know I mean, it's like they you know it's it was a cartoon from the 80s the things right. you know things that you liked when you're a kid you know, you grow up and you have grown up taste and you're like that's not really as good but i think what they did was they captured the the feel of voltron that you had when you were a kid you can get that feeling now watching this show because it's written and you know it's written in a way that allows for adult audiences it's not written down to you know a kid's level right, right. Uh, but it's still very much something that kids can enjoy like it has i think it has a good mix of like the the action and the the excitement and just silly moments and so you know like like little mm-hmm. humor and exaggerated you know like your your uh your anime you know crazy faces like they yeah. do that sort of thing that and it and it all feels like it fits together well i think when i was first watching it I I got it. I thought it was funny. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about it. And I thought I thought it was funny. First of all, um, my, my favorite one of my I know it was in the very opening scenes, but uh, they were doing the flight simulator and not to get all spoilery, but they were doing the flight simulator and you didn't know it was in one. The guy throws up in the gear. Then after they're asking all the students like, what did they do wrong? And he's like, you can't fl- uh, throw up in the gearbox. I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> I did. I did see a. You know when that when the the first trailer was dropped and that that little scene was included in the trailer. Oh, okay. You know yeah. of the guy throwing up and uh, uh, I remember like I think Io9 said something about you know oh here's the first look at the new Voltron and it's a lot sillier than we expected and I was like <laughs> you know they seem kind of disappointed right and I and right. I and I noticed like they had written an article I don't know a couple of years ago it was like oh Voltron is getting this new dark gritty uh, reboot. And it's like, but then Voltron should be dark and gritty, right? Like, it, it right. not everything needs to be made dark and gritty. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad that they preserved, I think, this feel where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, yes, it's a giant robot, you know, or there's monsters that are going to destroy planets and you've got to save the world. But there's still a lot of room for humor. It's still a kid's cartoon, right? It's not meant to be like, no, Voltron should be for, you know, <laughs> it should be PG-13. <laughs> like, people should die and you know suffer <laughs> well and of course fa- fans are going to have a lot of opinions i think when anything like this comes out especially with the nostalgia that's involved do you think besides the old fans of it do you think that new fan like there's going to be new adults and new kids do you think they're going to be able to come into this not knowing anything about the past and enjoy it as much as someone like say you guys you've watched it in the past and you know about it do you, do you think there's room for that oh yeah yeah i think so yeah definitely i mean 
my wife, who's never seen Voltron, and my son, who's never seen Voltron, were we were at Jonathan's house watching the premiere, and all of our kids who've never seen Voltron, they all loved the heck out of the show. I mean, so I mean, Jonathan and I have the history and and the nostalgia, but even without mm-hmm. that. My wife, and, and I, I'll let Jonathan speak for his wife, but my wife and all the kids just love the show, and they don't have any of that history. So I think it definitely, they did a, per, a really, really perfect job of, of getting both audiences, I think. Yeah, I thought I was going to, like, I knew my kids would, would be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd have to, like, you know, my, my wife was going to watch with us like, as a favor to me, right? <laughs> uh, I, I found out today that when I was out last night, they watched an episode without me. Oh no, no way. <laughs> so, oh. You know, but, but that's the thing is like that my wife likes it enough as someone who never watched Vulture. Right. That, that she's not just watching it for my sake to be like, hey, let's do this as a family. But like, she's yeah. really digging it, you know? And I, I love that. I love the fact that there's, you know, that it's a show that you can come into without having seen right. Voltron and really enjoy it. Now I don't I don't want to give off the appearance like we're just like Voltron you know completely 100% paid by Netflix to talk good about it. <laughs> so is there anything in what you've seen so far that you or maybe you're you're hoping that will be shown or any kind of not criticism but you know things you wished had been different or you know things like that fanboy things I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say uh, that there is one thing that that uh, bothers me a little bit. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's something that it does call back to the original, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like, it's a different di- you know, day and age. Um, you know, Hunk, the, the big guy, he's the, you know, he's a big guy. He drives the pilot, the yellow lion. And, uh, they make a lot of jokes at the expense of his size, right? Like, right. you know, there's just, there's jokes about, Oh, look, you know, is he going to fit into the armor? And he's always wanting to eat, you know, he's always eating, you know, all the time. And, and, and there's part of me that's like, Okay, I mean that's humor and it's done in a lighthearted way, and he's still like he's he's obviously like this guy that's got a lot of heart, and he's you know he's a, a very cool character. I like him a lot, um, but I do think you know it's kind of like okay, but you know you're you're kind of saying it's okay to laugh at the fat guy, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what what you get out of it, and that's the part that's like uh, you know <laughs> I don't know that that's really necessary, <laughs> right? Um, you know, could they have written that out? You know, probably, um, but. You know, it, it is it is part of the humor of the show, um, right. but I, you know, there are some of the jokes that I kind of feel like, ah, well, they didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's an easy joke to go to, right? Yeah. That's a tried and true traditional way <laughs> of getting people to laugh, I guess. Right. Well, did you have anything that you saw? I mean, you're pretty early on, so you might not. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the first episode. So the one thing that, and Jonathan might already know the answer to this, is that in the original series. Princess Allura pilots one of the lions, but that's because one of the main, one of the guys dies. So she takes over. So, you know, it would be nice to see her pilot a lion at some point. I don't know if that does happen or not, because I haven't seen that far. Um, But, you know, it kind of sucks that for that to happen, (laughs) someone might have to die. (laughs) Right, right, right. I I won't give it away. Um, But uh, I will say, you know, that's something that I had told my kids about, you know, they're like, I have three daughters, and I had mentioned it before, but, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, and the old Voltron, you know, the, uh, yeah, Princess Allure pilots the Blue Lion, and so they're, they're, they're sitting there going, I hope Lance dies so she can pilot the Blue Lion. I'm like, no, no, that's not the, <laughs> that's not the right attitude to have, hoping someone will die. You know, it's like, definitely, I think it's, it's, it's one where it's like, yeah, it would be nice to see 
you know, your female character on the show piloting the lion, right? That would be great. Um, but at the same time, you know, they've got, they've built up these five characters and, and I'm not sure, right? It's like, huh, like in this day and age, are they going to kill off a major character, you know, in the first season so that we can, you know, get Princess Alert to pilot the lion? You know, it's like, <laughs> what, what are you going to expect, you know? So, um, uh, but I do, you know, I do, I do like the, the like the the five characters and then they've got princess Alora and uh, Korean you know I, I feel like they've done a good job with all of their personalities and and each of them has like you know a bit of their own story to follow which is kind of cool right um John Jonathan you mentioned you were at the Voltron event and was that in California at DreamWorks yeah yeah that was at DreamWorks animation studio all right uh, so what what happened at the event tell us a little bit about it so this was um this was about a month before the release um and they uh, invited you know it was a it was a blogger day um so a bunch of bunch of different you know mostly uh, uh parent bloggers that day and they took us through they 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 showed us the premiere so that was the first thing we got to see the first hour of it which you know mm -hmm. on a big on a big screen in their little theater screening room which was a great way to, to watch yeah. the opening um and uh, and we and we got to talk to some of the people on the on the show so we got to talk to you know the showrunners um and and uh, they they, they kind of led a round table discussion we got to ask some questions uh, we got to do a little of the uh um the voice that the dialogue recording so there's like one scene i think it's from the second episode where you know Shiro gets a couple lines uh, of dialogue, and we got mm -hmm. to get in the recording booth and, and record awesome. his lines. Um, and uh, what else did we do that day? Um, we got to talk to some of the voice actors. So a, a few of the a few of the uh, cast members, we got to you know kind of talk to them about what it was like working mm -hmm. together. And um, so that was it was it was split because we did that, and we also got to see their other show, uh, upcoming show called Home, um, Adventures with Tip and O. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things I I noticed was a lot of the there were a couple a couple of dad bloggers there, and then mostly mom bloggers, and a lot of the moms had not grown up watching Voltron. There were a couple of them who had and like, oh, you know, I've got all the toys and everything. But there were several who you know, like um, like you say, like oh, I've never heard of Voltron before. You know, I was here for home, and after that screening of the premiere, they were like, oh, this is amazing. You know, like, I can't wait for this. <laughs> So, you know, like, like, again, I think it's another example of, of, uh, people who are you know, new to the, to this, right. this, uh, show who got excited about it after seeing it. The, uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention is Reese Darby is one of the voice actors and he's a comedian mm -hmm. and okay. all the voice actors in the show are great, but his part in the show, his character is like written. They had to have had him in mind when they wrote it because <laughs> his personality comes through so perfectly in the dialogue and the character. Like they, they had to have written it for him, but it's just, and we we're big Reese RV fans in our house. So hearing it and like seeing it and just being like that, is, this is totally his, like an ideal casting for him. It, it was mm -hmm. pretty fun. Yeah. He, he was one of the people that were, that we were interviewing and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm using like, I'm using my own voice, right? Like some of the, like Princess Allura, you know, is is putting on an accent. Um, Shiro, they're like, okay, you know, had to had to sort of re switch into a lower register just to sound older. But, you know, Reese is like, no, I'm using my own voice. And he said, but I also get the most uh, like technical, you know, uh, mumbo jumbo that I have to say, like all of this <laughs> jargon that they've made up. And he's like, how do I even pronounce that? And they're like, 
just just however you want to. You're like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll say it like this. Right. Now you have to say it like that the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly feeding his lines back to him in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that sounds like uh, some of the I can't imagine like when the, some of the guys on Star Trek uh, Next Generation first started right and the things they had to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because awesome. he's, he's he's the one that's always throwing out the technical jargon yeah. and you know <laughs> this is how this thing works. <laughs> well, fantastic! Thank you guys so much uh, for coming on, and we'll definitely have you guys back. We're gonna do some more roundtables, and yeah, so no Thanks. problem. And if you're not on Netflix, I don't. I, this really is not an ad for them. I, I can't imagine that you're not on Netflix. But if you're <laughs> if you're not, go go right now. Sign up. You can get it for free for a month, and watch Voltron. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan and Will, for coming on the show. And now we're going to go to an interview. And I think I, I guess I lied to you earlier when I said we were Jamie-less this week. Um, we're going to go to an interview that Jamie did with the executive producers and showrunners of Voltron on Netflix, Joaquin Dos Santos and Lauren Montgomery. Hope you enjoy. Take it away, Jamie. I, I guess I have to start off probably with the question that you're, you may be getting asked the most, but um, were you Voltron fans from way back? Uh, yeah, definitely. We were both fans from, you know, from childhood, from when we originally watched the show. Uh, so, yeah, it was a it was a huge kind of bucket list thing that when Voltron came around that we had the opportunity to work on it. How does this series, I know it's, um, it's not a continuation of any of the previous shows, but how would you say that it, it fits into the overall Voltron chronology, if there is one? Uh, I mean, it doesn't fit into the overall, it's, it's sort of a reimagining of the original series that we grew up with. Um, yeah. So it's, it's taking a lot of those core themes, those big pillars that you remember. You know, it's a funny thing about the original series when you talk to people that grew up with it. They remember Voltron, they remember the Lions, they remember the Robeasts, they remember the Pilots, but they can't really tell you what the story was. <laughs> they kind of remember these big pillars. And, and so we sort of took that same idea and ran with it. We're, we're adhering to those big, memorable, nostalgic pillars and then filling in the gaps in between. Yeah. You use that word there, reimagining, and I was going to ask you about that. Whether you whether you see the show as a, as a reimagining, a reboot, a remake, or or none of the above. Uh, I I tend to lean towards reimagining, um, just because uh, you know we kind of changed things up a little bit, but mainly for the purpose of filling in a lot of the gaps that we felt were kind of left out in the original, just because uh, you know it was a product of what it was, which was. It was a show kind of cobbled together from footage that they had from two different Japanese shows that they had to kind of just make a story. So they were kind of limited in what they could do by whatever footage they had. Um, but we don't have that limitation. So we can really kind of flesh the thing out a bit more. And uh, and really, we just kind of wanted to look at the show and maybe update it a bit and fix some of the problems we felt it had. Uh and, you know, if we were so beholden to making it just a, a 100%, like... One-to-one copy. Yeah, then we wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. Well, were you given, I don't know if I want to use the word mandate, but, like, were you given instructions by DreamWorks or anybody else at all? Or like, was there anything that you ha- absolutely had to include or any limitations on, on what you could do with the story? 
No, I mean, you know, we knew we wanted to do the Lion version of Voltron. That was that was the one that we grew up with and the one that we remember the most. And that was, you know, I think what, what DreamWorks had in mind as well. But whenever you're in development, you know, it's always sort of a, a sort of the back and forth process, especially with a show like this that has, you know, licensing and toy deals and all sorts of stuff attached to it. Um, so, you know, we knew as as pretty core fans of the original series what we wanted to, to definitely adhere to. And we... We fought for what we thought needed to stay, and and we were willing to talk about you know other aspects of the show. Yeah, how how much of the show is done digitally? I mean, I know quite a bit, if not all of it, but it has a it has a very traditional aesthetic, and you watch it, and um, it looks hand drawn, but is any of it actually hand drawn? Uh, yeah, um, still all of the uh, you know the character animation is still very much hand drawn. And the, the uh, background art as well, it's all background you know, art. Yeah, everything outside of the CG assets, which you should be able to notice. I mean, yeah. the whole and the lions and some of the ships. Those are the CG assets. Everything else still still drawn by hand. But you know, say drawn by hand, but a lot of a lot of times, you know, you'll get the initial key animation done on paper, and then it's scanned in and and and. Uh, drawn in a computer it's still drawn by hand but on a computer screen versus paper right right yeah no it, i mean it looks gorgeous um i've seen just the, the you know the the premiere movie those first three episodes and it's just it's beautiful and it's it looks so much better than any of the other voltron shows that have come before so um whatever you're doing there keep that up <laughs> we'll try um so but the first season uh consists of 13 episodes i believe can can you give a sense for how much ground that's going to cover story-wise? Will it be an entirely original story? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's sort of loosely based on the conflict that it, it existed in the original series. So Zarkon's still our big bad guy. Uh, we're calling what was called in the American version of Ultron the you know the Drool Empire. We're calling him the Galra, which is the original name from uh, from Bell Lion. Uh, so. You know, it's it's largely based on that same conflict, but there's a, a much sort of deeper and richer backstory and lore that uh, that we've that we've built into to our version of, of Voltron, and that stuff starts to get uncovered uh, as the season and the series progresses. I, I mentioned that premiere movie, and it feels cinematic almost. You know, that's just the best word that I can use to describe it. It feels very cinematic. It feels like it was it. it feels very much like a movie um is it safe to say that 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 visual style is going to carry throughout the series 100%. yes absolutely that's uh, you know we have a very talented crew working with us and you know they they want to see what we want to see and that's why we why we took them onto the show uh and yeah they just have a very kind of cinematic quality to their work and it's it's what we love about them it's why we like working with them so hopefully you can expect to see that through all the episodes Awesome. Uh, I have to ask, with so many Netflix shows in production now there at DreamWorks, is there any sort of rivalry among the different teams? Uh, I mean, not, not really. I mean, we're just sort of excited about, you know, new shows coming out. I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm probably the most competitive animation person in the world, and I can't, you know... I expected to come in here and be like, oh, we're going to be the best. And, and I just look at all the, the stuff that all the other teams are doing. And it's, it's just really cool. It's cool to be in the environment. It's cool to see so much, you know, inspiring, cool work around you. Yeah, yeah. and it's difficult because a lot of the stuff at DreamWorks is just so different from what Voltron is. And it's kind of hard to to look at something like King Julian and be like, 
and judge them on the same level. They're just they're meant for different audiences. Right. Yeah. They're made in very different ways. So it's like you kind of just have to look at each show and appreciate it for what it is. And ultimately, you know, we're we all work to the same studio, and we want all the shows to do well because it just it makes it better for all of us. Yeah. Um, both of you have worked before coming to Voltron, you've both worked on shows and characters, um, and movies that are beloved by fans. Um, you, you've worked between the two of you, you've worked on Justice League, Airbender, Korra, a lot of the DC, uh, direct disc movies. But something that I noticed when watching that, that first Voltron premiere movie is that it has this comedic sensibility and timing that's very much in keeping with something, especially like uh, Avatar with the Airbender. Was that was that style of storytelling important for you to include, or is that just natural to the way that that you write and want your, your the writer is working for you to write? I mean, I think it's something that does come naturally because it's an extension of those shows, but it's also something, you know. Uh, for me, like with, with concepts and ideas, if I'm watching one of the Marvel films that that feel a little campy or a little tough to swallow, all you got to do is is kind of poke fun at it or, or make a joke, and it smooths a lot of stuff over. So, you know, Voltron's such a crazy, big, colorful, nutty idea that if you got a character like Hunk pointing out the fact that he's the leg of a giant robot that's yeah. made of five lions, that, that kind of helps swallow that pill a little bit kind of helps the audience remember swallow that pill a little bit yeah how um again talking about the experiences that you guys have had professionally you know you've done you've done a lot of directing you've done a lot of storyboarding how does show running and producing compare to those other experiences that you've had which you've you've i think done more of to this point yeah uh well you know it's it's a bit of a different beast Joaquin and i obviously we both came from storyboarding and directing and and we've had a bit of a hard time removing ourselves from that. But you, when when you're show running, ultimately you're you're now responsible for the whole show. So you have to not only you know, step away from just the nitty gritty of the storyboards, but now you've got to take into account everything else. And luckily we've you know we've kind of worked in producer capacities like many times before this, so we were we were pretty well prepared for it. But it's you know you're never fully prepared for everything that's going to come down the line, and we've had some hurdles that we had to get over. But ultimately, we're really proud of the the product that we've made, and we think the show's turning out really good. Yeah, and it's you know it's also like Lauren pointed out earlier, it's about surrounding yourself with with artists and talent that that you trust their opinions because you're really crutching on them for for a lot of this. So you know for us, we've got a crew that's. It's second to none. We're we're excited about all aspects of, of our crew, and we know that they have just as much, you know, at stake in this as, as we do. They want to see this thing succeed as bad as we do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 really just about surrounding yourself with, with the right people and and, and making sure you, you trust their their opinions. I think a lot of people, when they hear that term showrunner, they don't. I mean, it's it's become kind of common nowadays when you, to talk about showrunners, whereas, you know, five, ten years ago, nobody even knew what that meant. Um, right. But I think a lot of people still don't really know what that means in terms of what you do and to get to bring this, a show to life. Can you give a sense for just, you know, maybe big picture, like what is it you do on a day to day basis versus, you know, writing or storyboarding, which is something that you can those of us who aren't in the business can, can kind of conceptualize what, what's involved with that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, directing and, and storyboarding, I mean, what 
you know, speaking on behalf of Lauren here, what I think we miss is that sense of focus where you're able to focus on your individual episode or your individual scene for an entire day and, and really, you know, make that your goal for the day. With show running, you're involved in every aspect of, of the show. So on a given day, we can be in the writer's room go, going over stories for upcoming episodes, and then we're pulled into a record for an upcoming episode. Uh, and then we're doing storyboard notes with one of the with one of the teams here. Uh, and we've got editing in the in the edit bay. We've got a call retake. Yeah. Um, so it's all over the place. And then sometimes we've got to go to kind of executive sort of meetings where we talk about marketing. Where the yeah. show's going. Yeah. And marketing, <laughs> marketing release. So it's it's literally covering every aspect of of the production of this show. Yeah. And it's you, you know. Sometimes, you know, I got a, I got an eight-month-old baby at home. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know which way is up or down or left or <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so it sounds like you're pulling the strings there at work and at home. So I don't I don't envy you all that. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned you you know you both have worked on Airbender and Korra, and in terms of style, visual style. Voltron feels like it's sort of in that same world in that it's it's not quite anime, but it's still very heavily influenced by that Japanese style. It's a sort of a great mix of, of two different animated animation styles. How long did it take to arrive for Voltron at the the final character designs, especially since you were drawing on these very well-established characters? Uh, it, it actually was pretty quick. Um, we have an incredible character designer named Christy Sang. She is much too young to have ever remembered Voltron. <laughs> but we, you know, she knew how much we loved the show. And she took a look at those characters, and she just has this... I mean, she's, she's so young, she's grown up with anime all around her. Yeah. It wasn't, her yeah, for us, anime was like this exotic thing that, you know, you didn't really realize you were getting in shows like Voltron and Battle of the Planets and stuff growing up. Um, but for her, it's just been part of her life. And so it's second nature to her. That's just how she draws. It's, it's her style. And we chose her for that very reason, because she has the style that we wanted for the show. And she just kind of really, a lot of the characters that you see on the screen are pretty darn close to her first stab at them. She wow. just had this incredible ability to kind of hone in on what it was that people kind of recognized about that original character and just make an updated version that, like, if you put them side by side, you'll notice there's a lot of differences, but they still feel very much like the same essence in that character. So it, it blew me away because I wouldn't have even been able to do that. Everything I drew just looked like the old character. Yeah, when we were doing development art, you know, we kept pitching our stuff, and it was like, oh, that just looks like the old show. And we were like, yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> she came in and, and really just updated the characters in a meaningful way and, and did it with such class and such a subtlety. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Now, like I said, I mean, it's it's gorgeous to watch. Um, I love the characters. Like you said, you know, if you put them side by side with the old ones, you notice a lot of differences. But if you just look at the characters in your show and the new one, it's sort of isolated they feel it's it's an odd thing because they feel very fresh and new but yet they still look exactly like the old characters that you know from the 80s that's awesome yeah. Yeah, i mean i think that's I mean, exactly that was the dream yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. So I am definitely looking forward to seeing the rest of the season when it comes out. Um, can you give any hint about what beyond this first season we might see? Oh, we don't know yet. <laughs> we, uh, we are, you know, we're focusing on getting this first 13 out. We definitely have, you know, our hopes and dreams for, for what may be to come. But, you know, I'll just have to remain to be seen. So we need everybody to watch the show and buy the toys, right? That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> Watch all the shows many times over. Just let them loop on your on your computer. I will uh, be screaming that from the rooftops. Just put it on you know, infinite loop and just keep it going. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Uh, good luck with the season, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope we get many more beyond this because it's just it's the the ride so far has been phenomenal. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for saying so. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Take care. Well, that's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast Roundtable Edition. Thank you so much for hitting subscribe. We're gonna try. I'm gonna try to start doing roundtables every week, and maybe we're gonna do like a pop culture panel. Um, maybe just you know a lot, a lot more free chat. I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. So if you want to uh, let us know, do you like the roundtables? Do you want to hear more roundtables? Let us know on Twitter. We are at the GBB podcast. And then you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the GBB podcast. And we will see you next week on the big show on Tuesday. Have a great week. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geek dad. Thank you.